I am the Reverend Dr. James T. Morris, the senior pastor of the Carter Tabernacle Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and the presiding elder of the Central Florida District of the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church. Romans chapter 13, beginning with the ninth verse, says, The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. As believers, as Christians, as the body of Christ, we are obligated to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbors include the entirety of humanity. Everybody, as it is said in the vernacular of the streets, we are to love everyone. Yes, we're called to love everybody, even those we differ with 99.9% .9 of the time. And I know some are thinking right now, he must not know some of the folks I come in contact with. I could certainly give him some valid reasons why what he is saying makes no sense. Well, I have news for you. Each of us can come up with reasons and excuses for why we can love everybody. But newsflash, none of our excuses hold water with God. Christians are called to express the love of Christ to everyone. Love is an obligation, not a choice. And here in our study with the Apostle Paul, we see from Romans that God's love embraces all men. Paul has just been laying down the general exhortation, pay every man his due and applying it specifically to the Christian relationship with civic rulers. Then he repeats it in the negative form saying, owe no man anything but to love one another. Paul is trying to make it clear that love is the sum and the substance of the law. Yes, love and law. They're strange partners seldom dealt with together. But Paul does not wish to speak as a sentimentalist about the beauty of charity as he did in 1 Corinthians 13. Instead, in Romans, he lays down the law concerning love, that we are bound to love every man with whom we come in contact. Everyone we come in contact with, and I might add, those we don't even know. You see, love is not an emotion that we may or may not indulge. Love does not select its object according to its lovableness or goodness. We are bound to love without distinction of beauty or temperament. It's one of those hard Christian requirements, so hard that most Christians would rather be required to attend Sunday school or keep perfect attendance at church 
rather than to love their neighbors. You see, we frail Christians are apt to get weary expending so much love, especially on those we consider unworthy recipients. But if we took Paul's words to heart, our patience, our understanding, and our acceptance of everyone would be longer and we would not be so quick to shut out of our hearts or our purses those unappreciable persons. Paul takes us a step further when he tells us that love includes all things. Love secures the conduct of the Mosaic law prescribes. And we are bound to obey the law out of love. You see, the multiplicity of our duties is melted into one. And that unity unfolds into whatsoever things are lovely and things that are of a good report. So love, my friends, is the essential pigment, rightly mixed, which yields the full potency of God's will. It is the prism's bright light from which evolves all of the prism's competent colors. Love does all of that. And then Paul says, the night is far spent in our text. The day is at hand. He's reminding us that every life has a fixed end. And every man in a lot of time to obey God's will and fulfill his Christian duty. We are like men and women on a sandbank facing an incoming tide. And every wash of the wave erodes the edge. You know, we might go mad if we're able to watch our life erode like that. But it is equal madness not to be conscious of its existence. So Paul reminds us to live as though we are on constant display in full view of the world as if we are on the bank's edge. We must live as mirror reflections of the Savior who loved us enough to die for us. And then he asks, what Christian inquiring minds want to know but are afraid to ask. How can we strip off this clinging evil that seems more like our own skin? There is but one answer. Put on Christ. If you want to love your neighbor without reservation, put on Christ. If you want to honor the debt of love, put on Christ. If you want to confront your temptation to turn away from your neighbor, put on Christ. Christ will be to you strength and righteousness. For his love is higher than the heavens and deeper than the oceans. His love is sweeter than the honeycomb and greater than the universe. His love, my friends, is stronger than the wind and fresher than the morning dew. It cannot be defined because that love is inexpressible. It can't be measured 
because it's immeasurable. It cannot be comprehended because it's incomprehensible. It cannot be exhausted because it's inexhaustible. So put on Christ. That's what Paul tells us in the end of our lesson for today. Put on Christ. Let the old man, the old woman fall away, far away, and you shall no longer entertain any thought of your own flesh. You will think about others. We are called to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. The only way to do it is to put on Christ. God bless you. God keep you. And may God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you.